This Israel report is brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Owning properties in Israel can be a great investment, but challenging to manage if you are based abroad. The Blue Agency will manage every aspect of your property, finding and vetting tenants, maintaining your property and getting it rental ready, negotiating contracts and collecting rentals, reporting back to you regularly. The Blue Agency has built a reputation for trust and confidentiality over 20 years. The Blue Agency, your Israel property is in good hands. Contact us at www.thebueagency.com. The Israel Report for the latest news and insights with Anthony Reich. Bokertov, Anthony, how are you? Bokertov, unfortunately, we continue to still hear reports of soldiers who are being killed in the war in Gaza, also some who were injured on the northern border due to rocket fire from Hezbollah. Um, the latest statistics show that 175 IDF soldiers have been killed since the uh, land invasion of Gaza. Um, and as we know, we're already running into day 89 of this operation. So um, there's no sign of the end of it anytime soon. Um, I'm sure that you guys also observed yesterday the resignation of the Harvard president, Claudine Gay. Um, for those people who watched the um, the, the uh, presentation that she made at the congressional hearing. I don't think that any of us who watched that will be sorry to see the back of her. Um, and it's interesting that the pressure that built over a period of time actually um, finally led to this moment where she's been forced to resign. So I don't think there are any tears that are being shed, not at least in this part of the neighborhood. Um, but I did want to start with a Anthony, just, just before Patrice. we move on, just before we move on, can I just um, talk about this this Harvard story? I mean, resigning is is a privilege. If you are not capable of leading, or you or you calling out genocide, let's let's just call it what it is. If whoever it is, if you're not capable of calling out genocide for the evil that it is, you have no right to be a leader, and you should be fired. Never mind resigning. Well, um, I think that they are semantic. Yes. Because let's all let's all be quite honest with each other. She hasn't chosen to resign. She has been forced to resign. Yes. So one could almost argue that there is more insult involved in forcing her to resign, to recognize that she is no longer capable of, of leading and to have to be forced to fall on her sword and to resign rather than to be fired. Because the moment she's fired, she said, well, listen, I disagree. You guys want to fire me. That's your right to do so. And I disagree. But here, she can't really argue that she disagrees because this is an action, albeit an action that was forced upon her. But this is her own action. She is the one who wrote the resignation letter. She has had to come out into the public and explain why she's taken this action. And I think that there's potentially more shame uh, brought upon her than would be the case if she was fired and then potentially bringing a claim to a court to say, oh, they were not justified in firing me and I think it was, I was really okay. I could, I could honestly see it going that way. But the fact that she actually was forced to resign herself puts all of that to bed. It kind of just 
just gets rid of all of that possibility. So I quite like the fact that she resigns and I like the fact that she was forced to resign. It's clearly not being done because of her own views. Yeah. But she understood that she could no longer continue in this position. So I quite like this situation, I have to say, uh, and maybe we'll disagree on that. And I do agree. No, I don't think we disagree. But but, but in reality, she was fired, right? It's just that she had to write the letter to say, oh, I've been forced, I've been fired, but I'm going to put in my resignation uh, because I've been forced to to, to do so. Here's so the I thing, Anthony. Like she stays on at the same salary. She still gets her salary. Um, and she's, she's staying on at Harvard in her faculty as, as, a, as a lecturer, right? I mean, um, so she, she hasn't lost anything and what she has gained Yet. is she has gained Yet. well in in the history of well, it, in the 333 year history of harvard she um has the shortest tenure six months as president and and, and she's not going back to her faculty with huge um, um um respect and achievement she really isn't and so the question is how long is she even going to be able to last in that position because i think that all of these events that surround and by the way, will park the plagiarism issue, which is still an ongoing issue yeah. and potentially affects in a very professional way. But um, I think the fact that she's being forced to effectively, um, in shame, withdraw from the president's job and just go back to her faculty, um, I'm, I'm willing to put a small wager, and I'm not a betting man at all, <laughs> but I'm willing to put a small wager on the fact that she's not going to last very long at Harvard. She's going to kind of slide, quietly slip away within the next year or two. She won't be there any longer. And I think that she's going to have to find herself a job somewhere else, which I think will be enormously difficult because I think she's brought a lot of shame on herself. That public congressional hearing can't be unseen by anybody, by anybody. And so I think that her um, career is pretty much done. I mean, I don't exactly know what the future holds for her, but I, I can't see her staying at, ha- at Harvard for very long. My own personal view on things. Okay, well, we'll, we'll definitely um, be talking about this. Um, Hamas has we confirmed. Will, we will. But, yes. but even before, before we even talk about that uh, Hamas story, Kathy, I yes. want to talk about a fascinating story that involves an IDF soldier called Yadid Ackerman. And Yadid Ackerman was one of those soldiers who served in the 2014 Gaza Operation Protective Edge. And during that operation, he was injured and he lost some of his personal belongings. He lost his wallet and he had a discount key that he had in his personal belongings that were on him at the time that he was injured. He was injured by a mortar shell. And in spite of the fact that he'd hoped that his colleagues would pick up this the personal these personal belongings when he was injured they didn't they were left behind and subsequently there was this video that Hamas released showing uh, Yadid Ackerman's discount key and showing the contents of his wallet his student ID and his health insurance card and his public transportation card this was all displayed by Hamas in a video after Operation Protective Edge. Mm. Let's roll forward nine years to the current Gaza operation, and lo and behold, what would happen? A unit of IDF soldiers goes into a particular hideout in a building in Gaza. They open a drawer, and what do they find inside the drawer? Yadid Ackerman's wallet with his cards and his discount key. These belongings have all been returned back to him and he has now displayed them showing 
all of the belongings intact except for the money that was in the wallet and he's just said i'm happy for that money to go to whoever needs it but just a fascinating closing of the loop story where he's finally got his personal belongings back not that they mean anything to him of course he's had everything replaced in the nine years that have transpired since then but here it is they've now discovered uh, those belongings and they've returned them back to him so i wonder if the idea of um fingerprints you know those those items before giving it back to him so that there's there's also forensic evidence yeah you know for one day in the future it would be interesting i didn't think about that but i think it's entirely plausible that they do yeah okay so a conversation that you and i have had about hamas in gaza it's really a satellite hamas actually sits in qatar they're funding this they're funding that and uh, you know when israel comes out and says well we're going to neutralize hamas we're going to get rid of them we're going to exterminate hamas i don't even think that that's the word that they use but let's just use the word neutralize um my question is does it end in gaza well, I think that one of the answers actually came through last night. Um, so Hamas has confirmed the death of uh, one of the deputies. Tell us about this, Anthony. Yeah, th- uh, this is the big story about Saleh al-Aruri. Saleh al-Aruri um, was based in Beirut in Lebanon, and he was the deputy chairman of Hamas's political bureau. So he was really the number two guy um, in the whole political bureau setup. And um, as we've said before, based in Beirut in Lebanon. And he was tracked down to his location in Beirut. And yesterday, it is understood, it is alleged, and we believe this allegation because it seems to be very plausible indeed, that it was as a result of an Israeli drone that this explosion took place um, at the offices of Hamas in Beirut, in the um, the neighbourhood where Hezbollah usually find themselves, a very Hezbollah orientated neighbourhood within Beirut. Somehow, th- th- this is the Dahia quarter of, of Beirut. Somehow, um, this Israeli drone managed to track him down, exploded last night, killing him, and we understand six other people who were with him, all Hamas operatives. Now, when we have a look at uh, Saleh al-Aruri and his um, history, then it becomes pretty obvious that he is a big, big target um, from an Israeli perspective. He has been involved um, in uh, running terror activities for a very, very long time. Interestingly, one of the photographs that I saw showing showing um, the release day for Gilad Shalit, where a picture is shown of Gilad Shalit just moments before he was released. And who is the individual right behind him in the background? Nobody other than Saleh al-Aruri. Wow. And of course, he is Yahya Sinwar's deputy. Um, and he was tracked down yesterday to the Dakhia uh, neighborhood in uh, Qatar, in Beirut, I'm sorry, where, where he was killed. Um, it was interesting that his sister was uh, published saying, thanks to Allah for allowing my brother to be a, a, a to be a martyr. Every day he prayed to me a martyr. And she goes on to say, I congratulate myself and all of Palestine for that. Victory is on the way. Now, um, 
the 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 moment was quite carefully chosen as well because today marks the fourth anniversary of the assassination of Soleimani by the Americans in Iran and also is the day when the Hezbollah leader Nassan Hasrallah is supposed to um, come on and make a speech a public speech and Nasrallah is supposed to to make some comments today and we understand that um, Nasrallah's speech is not going to be impacted by the assassination yesterday of Aruri. But one thing I just want to add is that Aruri also goes by the title of architect of the October the 7th attack. He is apparently attributed to be the person who really stitched all the plans together, who designed everything and who got all the arrangements made. He has a, a very, very big uh, case against him in terms of his involvement in those massacres and those attacks that took place on October the 7th. And as such, it's hardly surprising that Israel found it so important to go right into the Beirut suburbs in order to track him down with a drone that, that ultimately exploded and took his life. Um, whether taking his life was, you know, the best um, alternative is, of course, a subject for discussion. But the point that was made loudly and very, very clearly is that you can run, but you can't hide because we have your number. We know who you are. And ultimately, all of those who were uh, responsible for carrying out those attacks and for designing them will be tracked down, as they like to say, at a moment and at a time of our choosing. Yeah, I mean, I, I was thinking about this when I saw the story and I was thinking about Adolf Eichmann and how the Mossad went and actually kidnapped him. He was living under a different identity in South America. And, um, you know, I was just thinking if Israel would ever take that sort of approach where they would, um, you know, get Hamas leadership and make them stand trial in Israel. Mm. Well, yeah, I, th I think that, you know, the, the notion of being able to arrest them and bring them to stand trial in Israel is a little bit more difficult. I think these days, especially with the drone technology, it's a lot easier just to send a drone in and to, to, to explode it. And we also know that people like Aruri and others, um, Sinwar included, have had numerous attempts on their lives over the past um, few years um, and have managed to escape through one uh, piece of good luck or another. Um, but um, anyway, at the moment, um, the um, door has really been blown open because, of course, that attack was was targeted against a Hamas target. And Hamas have responded by saying, we are stopping all negotiations for the release of hostages to the extent that those might or might not have been going on in the background. And to me, it didn't look like there was much progress anyway. So that seems to be a very, very easy response. But also, let's not forget that this is right in Hezbollah's neighborhood. So the question is, how will Hezbollah respond, if at all? And um, there have been threats from Hamas that there will be responses to this. It's not clear exactly what the form, uh, what form they'll take. But of course, all IDF soldiers and um, Israeli missions around the world are on very, very high alert at the moment as a result of that threat. Um, but clearly, this is a massive, massive moment. Yeah. Um, look, I think this is something. Obviously, it's is as you say a much longer discussion but you know Anthony while you while you say it is so much easier to take a drone and to neutralize a terrorist um, the one one of the reasons that we know about 
how and when the Nazis documented what the atrocities, because a lot of the evidence they got rid of, but a lot of the evidence also came from the, their testimonies at the Nuremberg trials. And, True. you know, Israel's losing out on that if it's just a matter well, of taking out terrorists and not actually making them yeah. accountable in a different way. Yeah, I think you shouldn't I, I think you shouldn't underestimate how much intelligence has been gained from the various people who have been arrested during the Gaza operation. Yeah. Thousands and thousands of, of Hamas terrorists have been arrested and have been interrogated by Israeli security. A lot of information has been gained about exactly who was involved, what happened, what they did, what the plans were, what the arrangements were. Massive amounts of information have been gained from the war in Gaza, plans, maps, uh, written documentation, um, of course, uh, arms and, and ammunition, vehicles that were used, um, locations that were found that were uh, related to um, the attacks that were carried out on October the 7th. So even though we might not get the evidence in the trials, um, as, as you point out, I don't think you should underestimate the amount of intelligence that has already been gained uh, by um, Israeli intelligence as a result of the war in Gaza. Anthony, have I told you today how much I enjoy speaking to you? I haven't, so I'm telling um, you now, yeah, I really no. do. <laughs> yeah, we're going to leave it there, but I do look forward to speaking to you tomorrow. And just thank you. Thank you for being the voice of reason and for bringing your analysis, your astute commentary. Really, thank you very, very much. Um, it's always uh, good to be able to share this with you. And of course, hopefully um, the listeners are getting a little bit better of an understanding of exactly what we're going through. And there's so many, many topics to talk about, so many things that we, we want to talk about here yeah. and we just don't get around to because of the volume of things. But we'll keep trying to cover as much as we can. Thank you very much, Anthony. Have a wonderful, wonderful day. That's Anthony Reich. He's our Israel correspondent and uh, somebody who I, I never, ever, ever miss his report ever it is part of my day it is part of my life it is if i can't get it on my car radio then i stream it if i can't hear it at that time because i'm in a meeting um then i go and i get the podcast by the way if you want to access our podcasts you could uh, get to highfm.com you'll have access to the podcasts there but you can also download our app if you go to highfm.com scroll all the way to the bottom you'll see something called a progressive a pwa a progressive web app you can download the the app there we don't track you we don't do any of that um it's a, it uses very little battery and very little data go and check it out you can also communicate with us in studio and you can listen all around the world that's it eight o'clock here's your news That Israel report was brought to you by the Blue Agency. Your Israel property is in good hands. Hi, it's Barry Cohen from the Blue Agency. Israel is currently facing one of its biggest challenges ever. All of Klal Israel is praying for the safety of our soldiers and the return of the hostages. We hope and pray that our soldiers and security forces will prevail and that they will all return home speedily and triumphant. We hold the hands of our clients and friends who have children serving in Sahal, who are protecting Israel and Jews around the world. May Hashem protect us all.